Folks, welcome back to another episode of Rassle Champs. Bowen, how you doing, episode, brother? I believe this is episode three, huh? Episode three. That's Trace. What's, go, what's going on, bro? That's three times for y'all. Didn't, that's a three-peat out there for y'all didn't know. That's, right. that's a three-peat. But what's going on, bro? Uh, no, we're, we're getting ready to check out uh, January 24th, 1988, the very first WWF Royal Rumble. Now, this show, the reason why the Royal Rumble, which was a brainchild of the late great Pat Patterson, the first Intercontinental Champion, he's the one that came up with the Rumble. Um, it was the Royal Rumble was created to combat uh, Jim Crocker promotion at the time. They were doing, I believe, the Bunkhouse Stampede, or they were doing maybe a Clash of the Champions show. No, I wasn't Clash of the Champions. I believe it was the Bunkhouse Stampede. I not don't quote me on that right now. I could be wrong, but I believe they put this up against uh the Jim Crockett's which was a not pay per view. Yeah, I believe it might have been a pay per view. They and this was a free show. This is the only Royal Rumble in the history of Royal Rumbles that was on free television. I believe it was on the USA network at the time. Um this show, eh, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite Royal Rumbles. It's it's a gem. Uh, this is the only Royal Rumble to have twenty guys. Um, instead of the thirty. Uh, also on the card there was um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Ravishing Rick Rude. Yes. There, there was a women's tag team title match. Uh, the Glamour Girls of Judy Martin and Leilani Kai versus the Jumping Bomb Angels. I don't remember if, if they use their names or not. Uh, the Islanders, our boy Haku. Uh, oh, yeah, Haku. Shout out to Haku. He works at a nursing home now, apparently. Um, they're on the card? As the, the Islanders, yeah, they had a tag team match. The Islanders. Um, the Young Stallions. The, the Tonga Kid. And Haku versus Paul Roma and Jim Powers of the Young Stallions. Yeah. Uh, and also, there was a contract signing for um, the Saturday Night Main Event spinoff, the main event on February 5th of 1988, that same year, of Hulk Hogan at the time, who was on uh, his fourth year of, I believe this is the day after his fourth anniversary of being WWF champion at the time. Yeah. Uh, January 23rd, 1984, he defeated Iron Sheik for the title. He's been champion ever since. And now Andre the Giant recently turned heel. Um, supposedly brainwashed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, but now, his oh, contract yeah. was sold to the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and this was on the road to WrestleMania 4. Um, and yeah, anybody that's been a fan for a long time knows what happened at the main event. Andre the Giant supposedly defeats Hulk Hogan when Hulk's shoulder was clearly up. Um, then he surrendered the World Tag Team Championship, as Andre said that night. To yeah. Ted DiBiase. Now, in my opinion, Ted DiBiase, who went on the next day and the day after at house shows to not only defend the WWF title, but to be recognized as champion. But officially, he's not recognized as a former champion. I think he should be. Um, but we'll get into more of that later. Now, this night, the action was called by... Vince McMahon in his lovely bow tie and uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Like I said, this was the only 20-man Royal Rumble in history. The rest have been 30 except for 2011, yeah. which there was 40 men, and it was won by 
the human germination is self-seamless. Now, um, do you want to press play on this song? Yes, sir. We are going to provide the commentary because we don't want to get sued. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, here we go. And you're going to see some surprising names pop up here at this rumble. And we're going to do one of these each show, each other, maybe one every other episode or something like that. I'm not too sure. We're gonna, Every other episode, we're going to do some commentary. Look, look at that bow tie. Look at that bow tie. Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura rocking Legendary. a tie-dye. Rocking a tie-dye. That shirt um, is everything all at once, and I love fucking, it. Fucking, he was a big Jimi Hendrix fan. Uh, I believe he still wears that very same jacket to this day. Uh, if you watch some of his uh, Howard Stern appearances, I believe he has on that same jacket. But here we go. This is the first ever WWF now, I was telling Matt yeah. before the show that I hated these box sets. This version that we're watching is from the Royal Rumble anthology set that yeah. was released in the early to mid-2000s. And these sets are so heavily edited as far as the music and a lot of the WWF. Even the Golden Era logo, sometimes you'll see blurred in these. And just like the WrestleMania ones and the SummerSlam ones, I just couldn't stand these sets, man. It was so hard to get into them because they were so heavily edited. Even some things that you wouldn't expect, like Demolition's uh, fucking theme song, which is one of the most popular theme songs ever. And a lot of the WrestleMania um, anthology discs, that music is edited. Now, here we go. Who is number one, I believe, is the first entry in Royal Rumble history was Brett the Hitman Hart, I believe. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah, Brett the Hitman Hart. There you go. And Tito Santana. Look at that. They and don't even run. They don't even introduce him down to the ring. No respect. Well, they, they didn't. Back in the day, they did that a lot. They that were, became one of the, the they most. They had time. Like I said, this is the only Royal Rumble to ever be on TV. So they might have had time constraints. You know what I'm saying? Brett the Hitman Hart. He had to put, he had to put yeah, right put his man. shades, man. This is before the days of the right wraparound shades. You know what I mean? This was prime Bret Hart. This was a lot of reasons for Bret Hart. That being, kid, they that were already. Good. The yeah. thing about the thing about it is, Bret. They were already looking in 1988 to turn Bret into a singles wrestler. They were. This was like a tryout. The whole 88, 89 was kind of like a tryout to see if. He could be on his own. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they were all at, you know, he was 31, 32 here. They were already looking to make him the guy. You know what yeah. I mean? And this was only 1988. But he had a lot of loyalty to Jim Neihart. And he didn't want to see Jim. Because more than time, like exactly what happened when they split him up. When they split them up, you know, fucking. Uh, crazy thing about Tito Santana, he's a former WWF Intercontinental Champion, oh, yeah. Team Champion. Back then, there was only three titles in the WWF. You know what I mean? He yeah. was the only man. The Undertaker was defeated one time before Hulk Hogan beat him in 1991. That was in Barcelona against Tito Santana. They let Tito pin uh, the Undertaker in really? 1990, in 19, I think it was early 1991, for The Undertaker ever really lost on TV. You know what I mean? Not only that, in 93, when Hulk Hogan left, there was two guys that were considered to be WWF champion. It's the two guys you see in the ring right now, Bret Hart and Tito Santana, but they thought Tito who was a great guy at that time. He worked with everybody and made everybody. Look at those punches, bro. I mean, yeah. he could throw punches. And, and to me, Bret Hart had the greatest punches in wrestling, dude. You see Bret Hart throw a punch, and you're like, yo, he fucking nailed him. Yeah. Same with his kicks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, both Bret, both yeah. of guys will become more commercial. You know, more, you know, yeah. And now Tito is a teacher down here in Florida. Oh, really? Merced Solis, yep, that's his real name, Merced Solis, and he's down here in Florida, he's just a regular guy, 
You know what I mean? And I believe he still wrestles from now. You know, he's in his mid to late 60s, and he still jumps in there every now and then. You know what I mean? Tito, I mean, he had great feuds with Greg Valentine, Macho Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was the first guy to wear the classic Intercontinental title. Yeah. Here we go. Five seconds. I believe it's Jake the Snake Roberts. If I remember correctly. Bad boy himself. Oh, Butch Reed. Look at that. Mom. I told Butch Reed, rest in peace. All right. Do you know anything about Butch Reed, man? No. Tell us a little bit about Butch Reed. Uh, Butch Reed, man. Fucking. He's a big motherfucker. He's a, he, I wouldn't he, want to mess with him. He was a beast. Uh, what? A member of one of the greatest tag teams ever, Doom, Ron Simmons, and NWCW. Um, he was a part of the WrestleMania 4 tournament. I remember he faced uh, Coco Beware at WrestleMania 3. He faced Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 4, um, March of this very same year, in the title tournament. And I remember... The year that the Ultimate won, that very same year, he was going to beat somebody. I forget who it was for the Intercontinental title, but he wound up not showing up or something. So, yeah, he got fired, and Butch Reed just recently passed away about a few years ago. So, yeah. Rest he, he was a beast, man, especially with that blonde hair looking like somebody beat him up with some peroxide. Yeah, he's you know. a big dude. Yeah, I mean, dude, he was a hoss. I mean, bro, you look you look at all these guys right here, bro. This was, you know, to me, these guys would be, at least Tito Santana and Butch Reed, in my opinion, they would be considered uh, lower to mid-carders uh, today. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to me, they were stars. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Tito had, Tito. The size. Oh, uh, 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 here we go. Speaking Animals of Jim Nyhart. You know what I mean? Jim Nyhart. Um, Father of Natalia, a former tag team champion with Bret Hart. Um, Rest in peace, sir. Fucking passed away a few years ago, yeah. Uh. Um, was never really much of a, didn't really have much of a career after the Hart Foundation, the original Hart Foundation split up. I mean, he was back and forth between WCW and WWF, and they tried to make the new foundation with him and Owen. But he wound up getting fired, and then they brought him back in 94, and he tied up with Owen again. And yeah. he wound up getting fired again. And then he had one last one in the WWF in 97, which in my opinion was Bret Hart's best year in the WWF. Yeah. With the Hart Foundation. I'm talking Bret, Owen, Bulldog, Tillman, and Jim Neinhardt. You know what I mean? I mean, to me... 1997, if you want to fucking watch a year in wrestling that even 30 years later you can sit there and be like, wow, this is some great shit. Yeah. Check out the entire year of 1997. I can't think of one. I can't think of one, at least in the WWF. I mean, WCW, they, they were rocking with the NWO and shit in 97, yeah. but WWF was on fire in 97. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, that... Uh, all right, here we go. Number four. What we got? Oh, Jake. Good old Jake. Now, I don't have to say nothing about Jake. If y'all, even people that don't watch wrestling know who Jake is. There goes Butch Reed. Butch Reed was the first man eliminated in the Royal Rumble. I forgot about that. There you go. He should be, be go. yeah. Jake the Snake. Up. One of the greatest wrestlers to ever, to never be a champion in the WWF. <laughs> Very sad. But, but he didn't need it. He did not need it. Carried it anyways. He, he didn't need it. He was one of the guys like Andre that didn't need a title. You know what I mean? He, Roddy Piper, not, even though he had a couple, he didn't need them. You know what I'm saying? These guys, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jim the Anvil Nightheart, I, I knew someone who, who had a fucking interaction with him at a uh, wrestle like a wrestling show where I guess they like bumped, he bumped into him by accident <clears throat> and Anvil looked at him like he was going to rip his head off, dude. Yeah, I know. Rusty in the heat of the moment, though, you know. Well, is, the, is it the gimmick? Or you think he's just that intense? 
I heard, I've also heard he was one of the nicest guys ever. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it could have been he was in character at the moment. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, here we go. He looks like he'd be fun times. Pile driver yeah. said. Oh, hey. Brett could do a sick pile driver, bro. He did one of the best pile drivers ever. Make it look good, MBC. Uh, uh, the King Harley Race. There he fucking, is. One of the fucking baddest, dude. I, I don't give a fuck who you are, dude. He, that man right there, and I never understood why, and I always thought maybe he wore his tights wrong, because every time he wore those fucking tights, that crown was never in the center like I thought it was supposed to be. You know what I mean? But he, Harley Race, man, this was, he was, he won the 1987 King of the Ring. Um, fucking, you go take a shit before the match because his nerves were going and nobody was around. Hey, maybe, but this was at the up. this was towards the end of Harley Race's in ring career. Um, he only wrestled, I believe, until about nineteen ninety up to after this point. Yeah. Until then, he went on to be a manager in WCW for Vader and. Uh, he he's got like. Uh, but even when he was a manager for Vader, he would get involved in the match and he would do like top rope. Top rope headbutts. Like, as you can see, he did a lot of headbutts. A headbutt, see, a headbutt was his, one of his main things. And years later, he would tell guys that's what fucked him up. Seven time, seven time NWA champion. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Man, it's time to go by fast. What the fuck's that? One of the killer bees. Fucking, I believe that is Jim Brunzel. Jumping Jim Brunzel. Doink the clown hair, just without the coloring to it. Yeah, Jumping Jim Brunzel, the killer bees, man. Oh, going after the anvil. Always a scary looking dude, in my opinion. (laughs) You know, there were certain wrestlers that were scary looking. That was was the thing with the Hart Foundation. Brett, Brett was never a good talker. The anvil was mean, menacing, and he could talk. So Brett was the looks... And the technician and the anvil was the talker and the power. Yeah, the intimidation and the mic. Yeah, and plus that mustache, that that goatee. That that goatee was was everything. When he'd grab that goatee and pull it down and do the laugh, that was everything. Now, the Killer Bees was one of the first tag teams I ever knew about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh... Brian Blair and Jumping Jim Rizal, the killer bee. Every once in a while they would wrestle in masks so you couldn't tell which one was which. I like that. Yeah. I like I never, I never understood that though. I never understood that. I, I, I mean they did it when they were heels though. Because they're giving into the gimmick. They did it when they were heels. They never did it when they were babyface. They they always did it when they were heels. Well the ma- it's a villain masked villain. Yeah. Alright, here we go. Who's oh fuck the bandana around Sam Houston. Sam Houston. This is actually Jake the Snake's brother right here. Oh really? Uh Michael Smith, Sam Houston, yeah. This is Jake the Snake's uh, half brother right here. Yeah. How long? How long of a run did he have with the rest? He was, he was a uh, NWA Jim Crockett Promotions WWF uh, lower to job guy for he was a good, he was a good bump machine basically he could he knew how to make the crowd feel sympathetic but he he got arrested a lot of times in his life because Jake and his father was Grizzly Grizzly Smith now. I'm not going to talk about too much about Grizzly Smith on here because... He's bad. I wouldn't say he's bad news. Let's just say, if you want to look up Grizzly Smith, you will find out somebody. He's infamous, he's infamous in the wrestling business, but not for being a top guy. Let's just say that. Grizzly's um, a good name for him. Yeah, he, he was a sick motherfucker, let's put it that way. Um, all you have to do is watch the dark... Oh, there goes Tito. Uh, all you have to do is watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode in the shadow of Grizzly Smith and you will find out everything you need to know. And you'll probably wind up crying by the end of the episode. That's how okay. fucked up it is. Uh, here we go. After Sam Houston, who comes so, in? Now, did Jake, Jake's half-brother, they come up together or did he get a job from a Jake's success? No, no. they. I don't think they ever... 
I think the only one that ever... Oh, Dangerous Danny Davis, the first ever referee turned wrestler. No, these are like the lamest fucking outfits of all time. Yeah, but back in the day, this motherfucker was a real heat magnet, bro. He helped the British Bulldogs. Uh, the Hart Foundation beat the British Bulldogs for the tag titles in yeah. 87. And he also helped Randy Savage beat Tito Santana for the Intercontinental title in 86. And he was, he was in storyline. He was suspended for life plus 10 years as a referee. And then he spent about three years as a wrestler. Gambling on matches? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Maybe he was, maybe something was going on. Maybe he was, uh, fixing the matches. Who knows? But, uh, then all of a sudden in 94, here's Danny Davis again, a referee. So I guess that, that life suspension didn't really last too long. You know, but yeah, dangerous Danny Davis. That's like the same outfit Andy Kaufman wore when he was making fun of wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, kind of kind of looks like Andy Kaufman with a haircut now. Yeah, for said a that. second, I thought it was. Yeah, fucking yeah. This is definitely as we get going in the rumbles. This is a lot as the quality the quality will go up. You know yeah. what I mean? The quality will definitely go up in the rumble matches. This the bigger was, the star, yeah. This was the first broadcasted rumble. Um. Oh, look at that. One of the Bolsheviks. Yeah, I always appreciated them as a team. I, I, I thought he was like a mad dog with Sean Wannabe. <laughs> I, by the, I always vote to give him credit, the, give judge. Nikolai Volkov, I can get with. Boris Yukov, no, I didn't, I didn't I like judge him. by athleticism. How much uh, athletic, I'm a Athleticism, you meant? No, no. Are you you're killing me? I'm dying now because you humiliated me. Athleticism. <laughs> athleticism. <laughs> we call it a- athleticism. Athleticism. <laughs> um, we do it big here. We do it right. We do it the way it should be done. You know what I mean? See, he's wearing a bandana. I don't know why somebody didn't just grab him and choke the shit out of him. You know what I'm saying? Because he's, uh, that's his look. They don't want to mess with his gimmick too much. I li- I'm not going to lie. I like Sam Houston. He was a good worker. He worked a lot with Ric Flair and Brad Armstrong back in the day. He, you know what I'm saying? He was, Sam Houston was a good guy. You know what yeah. I mean? And back, I remember back then, I never knew that they they were related. Brock and Robin. Yeah. Former, WWF Women's Champion. That's Jake's sister. Oh, you no way. You probably don't know who she is, but yeah. I know, I knew more, I know more who, who she is than the brother. Fucking yeah, Rock and Robin, one of the siblings. Yeah, I know. think that. I know there was such royalty. Uh... I wouldn't say royalty now. Oh, I would. Yeah. Sure. You know, I don't even think they'd say it. I don't even think they'd say them first You know, but yeah, fucking that's there. They were always, you know, like Rock and Robin's a former women's champion in WWF, but she's never recognized at all. Yeah. Never even mentioned. I wonder if she's got a dark past too. Rest in she peace. She does. She was molested by her father. Well, the father was an animal. Yeah. Oh. Grizzly Smith, The Rock, Don Morocco, and Nikolai Volkov. What the hell is going, going on, on here? here? Why is, ca- is he trying to catch up to him or something? Oh yeah, he couldn't get up there. That dude, that was funny as hell. Like, that's awful, dude. The only way he caught up that's with him. That's my was number. The- no, that's my number. He got to the ring. Oh yeah, yeah. Don Morocco. This is right after he started shooting up steroids. Because if you look at if you look at him any time before 1987, yeah, he was a fat, flabby dude. But I'll tell you what, his uh, rival, his his uh, feud with Jimmy Snuka is one of the greatest of all time. Former Intercontinental Champion, The Rock, Don Morocco, the original. He's not even the original Rock. The, the original Rock was The Rock, Rocky Johnson. Mm. That's Rock's dad. That's the original Rock. But in 1988, they put uh, Don Morocco with superstar Billy Graham, who couldn't really wrestle anymore. He attempted to, but his hips were done. Um, Which, by the way, shout out to superstar Billy Graham. I think he's on his uh, last leg in life. He's not looking too good. And he recently just came down with COVID. Much love. Much love. I hope he's doing all right, man. Yeah. But they stuck 
Don Morocco with, with uh, Superstar Billy Graham at this point, and he just became a huge dude. This was the biggest that I ever saw Don Morocco. And for the rest of his career, he wasn't as, he would never be as cut as he was here in 1988, but he, for the rest of his career, he was just this huge dude, bro. And yeah. I can imagine if, well, if he was in that kind of shape in his earlier career, during that feud with Jimmy Snooker, he could have been WWF champion. I mean, he was a, the Rock was a perfect name for him in 1988, dude, because he was huge. Yeah. All right, here we go. One, zero. Uh, now they're going to let Nikolai in. Nikolai, here's another oh, big motherfucker, dude. He's he, a big dude. His big run, even though he was in the WWF way up to 1994, um, his big one was in the late seventies, early eighties, and he. Oh, there goes the King Harley Race. Uh, um, if you look up, fucking Nikolai Volkov, anytime before nineteen eighty, bro. Like, he, I mean, even in the early eighties until like eighty five is when he started looking like he does here. Yeah. But anytime before that, dude, he was like a little Brock Lesnar, bro. Like Nikolai Volkov should have been. A big star in the seventies and eighties, dude. This is definitely a mixture of the big, the days, Even, of the big he, on the new era. This is like the LJN fucking era right here, bro. Yeah, like, so that's exactly what I was thinking earlier. Yeah, I mean, every guy in the ring right now, I'm sure, except Danny Davis and Sam Houston, they all had an LJN figure. Even Harley Race had one. Yeah, I'm. I'm not too sure about Morocco. But I know the Killer Bees have one. I know Jake had one. and I, Maybe, I don't, I don't know about Volkov. Who's next? Let's see. Oh, all right. Now, see, I remember 87, 88, Duggan was getting a big push, bro. He was getting, yeah. he was, but then he got arrested with the Iron Sheik. Okay. With, uh, weed and drugs and shit. And then him and this is the beginning of, of oh my god, bro. This is the beginning oh. of fucking Jim Duggan versus Harley Race. And if you go back and watch, I believe the 1987 Slammy Awards, yeah. the whole show, you'll see Jim Duggan and Harley Race is beating the shit out of each other. The whole show. Duggan's, uh, like he's Joe Everybody. He's oh, working. Duggan at the time, look how big he was, bro. He's, he's a, big a motherfucker. fucking boss, dude. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jim Duggan, dude. He's fucking doing great. He's fighting cancer right now, but he's oh, yeah. done that before, dude. Uh, 1999, he, he fought cancer and he beat it. But this was, you know, he was getting, until he got arrested with the Iron Sheik when they were feeding on TV and then they got caught riding together when they got arrested. That's when his little bit of a push stopped, but he still got to, I mean, I'm sure people know who won this match. You know, I won't spoil it now, but hey, he yeah, you're teasing pretty hard. You're teasing pretty hard, brother. He was he was fucking. You know, he was getting there a little bit. Getting in, but he was another pro American, and Hulk Hogan was number one, so they couldn't really push him that hard. Uh, Outlaw Ron Bass. You know who? Hey, this guy right here. Rest in peace to Ron Bass, dude. Another. <laughs> Another legitimate tough guy right here. Another legitimate Real tough, tough guy. Stuff. I would not. I mean, dude, the worst thing they they did at this time was when he took his his spur and he took that shit to Bruce Barbecue's face, and that was the first time in a long time that they had like a sensor thing on the screen, and he was bleeding and shit. Oh, that was hardcore back in the day. You know, that was the first one, the big first time they ever did something like that. And it was Ron Bass and Bruce Beefcake. And Ron Bass, man, he was, like I said, a gentleman tough guy, bro. I remember the first time I seen blood, I was traumatized as a re- in wrestling. It was so oh, there goes the Brian. Uh, there goes Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. Oh, yeah. Jump. Jump. Don Morocco always tried to do that shit. Always tried to do that flip. Always tried to take the turnbuckle flip like that. He could never do it. He always got stuck. Yeah. Always. Even when he was a flabby fat guy, he tried that shit. But yeah, see, nobody's... There's only been a few eliminations up to now. Uh, Tito Santana, Butch Reed, and uh, The King is all I've seen. Oh, and uh, 
What's the guy? Everybody else still there. Volkov. Oh, here goes Brian Blair. Brother Killer B. Brother Killer B in the building. He became a politician in retirement. I believe he he lives down here in Florida. Oh, really? Yeah. I think a lot of wrestlers in Florida. Hogan's in Florida, too, right? Yeah, Hogan was basically born here, though. You see Terry? You ever see Terry? I haven't. I seen him one time in a car, like at a stoplight. You know what He's I mean? got a I, shop, right? A, I, yeah. Big shop or something? Yeah. I seen him one time. Bro, imagine being the biggest Hulkamania, Hulkamaniac cool. your whole entire... No, I, it could have been cooler if I actually sure got to meet been him. Cool, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the fact that I tried my, my mom... Man, and everybody would always try to get me to meet him when I was a kid. And here I am, a 20-year-old something kid, yeah. fucking right in front of him at a stoplight. And I can't do shit about it, dude. And I knew it was him because I seen the mustache and the fucking... And I've been watching my whole life, so I knew it was him. You know what I mean? My boy Chris looks at me and he's like, is that Hulk Hogan? I'm like, yeah, it fucking is. I was mad, bro. Is Hulk Hogan like urban legend around there that people see him? There's like spottings? Not as not as much now, bro. Ever since that shit with him supposedly being yeah. racist in the porn video, he's not really vaunted as he used to be. You know what I'm saying? If WWE can forgive him, why can't everybody? You know what I mean? Hillbilly Jim. Oh, big Phil. LJN all day right here. This oh, yeah. He, right was back de- he was definitely a character right out of the 80s. But I'll tell you what, one of the nicest guys you could ever meet, dude. Big dude, too. He, real. he had... And his run, as small as it was, bro, yeah. he he came in as a friend of Hulk Hogan. And he actually, on Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling cartoon, he was on that shit. He didn't voice it, obviously. None of them did. But he, you know, for his small of a run, he was a main event guy. He was a main event guy. I mean, they even used him at, at house shows up until 1991. You know what I mean? So he... And to this day, he's still under Legends contract. He's one of the only guys to steady work for WWE and never go anywhere else. You know, think about it'd be kind of you know kind of cool if you think about putting some of these people in bit better gimmicks. He started. He came in as a Planted fan, yeah, just like Earthquake did. Uh, there's only been a few of them in wrestling, but he was one of them. He was just uh, a fan. Yeah, he was a planted. He was a fan planted. Interesting. And Hulk Hogan picked him out of. A, that's how Earthquake debuted. Dino Bravo or Jimmy oh, Hart called. Okay. Jimmy Hart called him. Yeah, yeah. You know, from the crowd to come see okay. the Ultimate Warrior to do push-ups with Earthquake on his back. Uh, speaking of Earthquake, Dino Bravo was part of that fucking. There he is. Um, part of that fucking um segment. And speaking of Dino Bravo, earlier on this show, he he. Supposedly deadlifted 700 pounds, he, which was big in 1988, but he didn't really do it because Jess Ventura kind of helped him. But, oh. oh, there goes Sam Houston. He's gone. It actually lasted pretty damn long in his fucking rumble. That was one of the longest times I've ever seen Sam Houston. That was it. But time. now I understand why though, because they needed somebody that could make, make other people look good for a while in this, you know what I'm saying? Because like I said, the only reason why the Royal Rumble became a thing is because he was taking a shot at Jim Crocker Promotions. And he also told the cable companies that if they wanted to broadcast WrestleMania 4 in March of that year, that they couldn't couldn't carry the Jim Crocker uh, (laughs) pay-per-views. Vince was hardcore in the 80s. Playing some hardball. Yeah, he did. He fucking... Well, he wanted them all. You want to shut business I mean, down? Fucking oh, correct. You know, I can't. It's hard to even believe it. Guys like Danny Davis were still in there at the time. You know, like God damn, who's next? We lost the anvil. He's not in there anymore. Oh but, shit! Yeah. Look who it is. And you know what's crazy about this is August later on this very same year he would beat the girl honky tonk man. In 30 seconds to become Intercontinental Champion, and he would be on. You know what I mean? This is the very beginning. Oh, there goes Brett, which to me was, that was sad. Quick. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I always felt Brett should have been given more time in these normal matches. Warrior put him out? Um, I believe he did. 
believe you did. Yeah. I mean, I didn't understand why Brooke, I mean, yeah, he was number one, but then why, why are guys like Danny Davis still in there? You know, you got fucking Hillary Jim in there. He, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the Warrior was just getting started. I mean, look, Daniel Bravo and the Warrior, I always want to see them go at it. Never really yeah. got to see that properly. One man gang. Hell yeah. Fucking the 747 who, and a year from this time would go on to become the African Dream Akeem, which is basically a total shot at Dusty Rhodes before Dusty Rhodes came. Bam Bam Bigelow. Before, no, that's not the original Bam Bam Bigelow. What do you mean? <laughs> Bam Bam was around at this time. I, I don't know if, I don't know if Bam Bam, Bam Bam might actually be in this match. He was, huh? He might actually be in this match because I know at WrestleMania four he faced the one man game. Gang in a quarter in a in a quarterfinal match or a second round match or something like that. So he might actually be up oh, there. Goes uh Brian Blair. Um, yeah, the one man gang is another guy that was a, he was he was brought in so Hogan could squash him. There goes Jake. Jake. My favorite Royal Rumble, and I can't wait to get to it. Is nineteen ninety two. I love the once we hit the nineties, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Nin, ninety and ninety one won't be fun because Hogan won both of them, and we might we might have to. Oh, Jyd, rest in peace. One of my faves. Grab them uh, cakes. How'd Warrior get out? Somebody put Warrior. Would he run himself out? Uh, Warrior's in there. Warrior's up against the rope right there. Really? Uh. Uh, all right. Fair enough. I was blinded by science. It's even funnier who won this when you look at guys like the Warrior in there. They're all <laughs> on their come up. Oh yeah, this was the Warrior was still about seven months away from his big push starting. Before he was the Ultimate Warrior, he came in as the Dingle Warrior. In World Class yeah. Championship Wrestling, he was the Dingle Warrior. Dingo, yeah. Whatever the hell a ding- if anybody out there can tell me what a dingo warrior is, no, please hit baby. me up on Instagram at uh JMDC Duck ADR or hit me up on Facebook. Let me know if you know what a dingo warrior is. Well it's the uh, dingo ate my baby thing. I think it's like There you go, so Billy Jim. See now the ring's starting to empty a little bit, but still guys like Danny Davis is still in there, right? You know what I mean? Like the one man gang just got dumped out. The Killer Bees got dumped out, but Danny Davis is still in there. The Mouth of the South going wild on the outside, one of my favorites. Yeah, but this was before his airbrush jackets. He, he oh, dude, I would love to have he, an airbrush jacket. He didn't wear his first airbrush jacket until WrestleMania 4, I believe. I met him in a, I met him in a wrestling show, and he's he's. Straight. Oh, he's one of the nicest guys in wrestling. Oh, here goes Very Danny cool. Davis. Boom. Oh, Thank God. Thank you, Hacksaw. Andy Kaufman is out of the building. I never. One man game. Danny Davis was annoying. The referee turned wrestler. Oh, oh goes, it took a. There was the warrior. Up, oh, teaming up for a second. See, you could tell the warrior wasn't still, you know, because you would have never seen him get eliminated like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how you. I tell you, no, it was pre. There you know. oh, goes JYD. No. I used to love how JYD used to toss himself over the top rope. If you if you rewind that dude, you could totally see him throwing himself. He don't trust nobody else. Oh, there goes Ron Bass. Oh wait, this is the end. That's right. Fucking uh um uh, uh what's my, what do you call fucking um One Man Gang was number twenty, that's right. Yeah. I forgot Close about up. that. The shot clock is down. Yeah. See, this is a crazy Final Four. This this is probably the oddest Final Four in Royal Rumble history. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got Don Morocco, uh, Dino Baba, who in the 70s and 80s was a big star in Canada, basically. That's Fat Fez. And you got the one-man gang who was basically brought in for, for the Confeed and the Hogan. I like him, though. And you got the slick. Then you got Frenchie Martin on the outside. Just kind of drop kick. Um, and you got the Hacksaw. You got Hacksaw Jim Duggan in there. You know what I mean? I mean, 
That's not Hacksaw Jim Duggan. That's Dan from Television's Roseanne. Oh, yeah. And fun fact, the first Royal Rumble ever. Oh, wait, here goes Dino Bubba, by the way. Bang. Oh, wait, no, the, the Rock, Don Morocco. You know, he could have laid down and rolled back in. You know what I'm saying? But uh, fun fact, the first Royal Rumble was in a house show about a month or two before this, and it was won by the one-man gang. Oh, so you almost so, think that that could be coming for him? They almost set him up for it, and they say, "Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would honestly." Well, I'll tell you after. So, I mean, I forgot that the fumble was so short. You know what I mean? Yeah, usually they're about like an hour, hour and a little more. And well, it was cut for TV time. That's why it was only twenty guys in there. You know what I'm saying? Is that Fuji on the outside? Uh, no, that's Frenchy Martin. Uh, Dino Bauer. He looks like Fuji with the blurry. The blurry telly looks like Fuji, but he's not wearing. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a French beret on. He's a French guy, French Canadian. Uh, he wasn't was wearing Fuji colors. Uh, and Dino Bauer was actually uh, murdered by Canadian mobsters in 1993. After his wrestling career, he went there. He goes, Dino. He went into the Canadian mafia because he was. It was like his family or whatever, so he got a job smuggling cigarettes, and then he misplaced like $50,000 or something yeah. of product, and it got raided by the cops or whatever, so they killed him over it. Really? Yeah. Another Dark, another dark Side of the Ring episode. Shit, I got to catch out. up with some of them. That's a great show. I love it. I've seen a lot of them, but there's some episodes I didn't catch. Yeah. That's fucking wild. That's a wild story. Yeah. I mean... When you watch Dino Bravo matches now and you know what happened to him, it's kind of like uh, something like that happened to Gino Hernandez too. But nobody really knows what happened to him. People know what happened to, what happened to Gino. I've seen that episode. His wife came and found him there. Like he was just sitting there watching TV and somebody just shot. Oh, wait, here we go. I believe this is the end spot. Big boom, he drops some flip. Yeah, boom. Uh, there you go, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan officially wins the first ever Royal Rumble, January 24th, 1988. But this was before the first one, two, three, four, the first five, well, technically five, but the fifth Royal Rumble, 1992, was actually for the WWF title. Uh, the... The title shot at WrestleMania stipulation didn't start until the 1993 Royal Rumble, which was won by Yokozuna. He was the first guy to win the Royal Rumble, then go on to WrestleMania for a title shot. This was just, like I said, this show was just a shot at Jim Crocker Promotions, you know, because they got more ratings than than the pay-per-view got for Jim Crocker Promotions, obviously. Um, yeah, and the next year, 89, uh, didn't have an earth stipulation, neither did 90 or 91, because both years the WF champion was in the match. So, yeah, the, the, you brought the, up Yoko whenever, yeah. I think, whenever I think of Yoko, I think of Duggan because when they had their, their heat, like here, this is what I was talking about earlier. This was hey. so, some 30 million people or something like that tuned in. Tune in about uh, two weeks after this show to NBC to see Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant for the first time since one on one for the first time since WrestleMania three yeah. in March of eighty seven. I believe this is the end of the show. Um, I don't maybe. Oh wait, no, they have one more interview with Hulk yeah, Hogan. I, I, I always thought it was funny that before when he was in the ring for the contract signing, he was wearing an all blue. Fucking, um, looks like a spandex outfit, but now he's out in his fucking gimmick t-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was, I was thought it was funny. And he, this was when he was still kind of going bald. I mean, he was almost all there, but this was when he would still come out on TV without a bandana. After 88, you will never see that again. You will never see that. He, he, this was very rare. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he did this a lot. Pre eighty nine, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But 
after 1988, he never did that again. And that guy right there, that's why he put the shirt on so he could rip it. Oh yeah. Uh, fucking that guy right there, Greg, Greg DeGeorge. Yeah. Nobody knows where the fuck he's at now, bro. He was the WWF uh, stick man, uh, from like 85 to 88 and he's gone right before WrestleMania. He was gone. And then it was Sean Mooney. And then Tony Schiavone came in the WWF from 89 to 90. He only lasted about a year in the WWF. By WrestleMania 6, he was gone too. Um, but yeah, Hogan was so pretty damn jacked back. I mean, Hogan was about 35 at this time. Yeah. You know Seeing I mean? Hogan get worked up will always rev me up. Oh yeah, he was coked out of his brain, bro. Yeah. You know it, you know what I'm saying? But that that belt, he 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 was the only WWE, he was the he's the only champion from the time he was champion until he first lost the title in '88. He he had about five different belts, <laughs> and then the classic Winged Eagle that title that belt would actually debut at the main event show two weeks later from this show, in that match with Andre. He was the, Hogan was the first guy to wear that belt. The belt that he was wearing is known as the Hogan 86 belt, yeah. which he had until about 88. But tell you what, that belt looks like the, uh, looks a little bigger than the 86 version. I don't know. It's about those type of pants. I, I, dude, I used, to, I used to think that shit was so funny. That's all that, guys like him and Macho Man, that's all they used to wear. If you, I, my opinion was I didn't like it, but if I could, if I had the body to rock it, then I fucking. I only wanted spandex ever because they won in on wrestling. That's why I, I ever wanted a pair of spandex pants. I remember my mom finally bought me a pair. I only wanted them so I could feel like I had wrestling tights on. <laughs> yeah, did you like them? Uh, I thought they punched up on the nuts a little bit, even as a kid. Did you have a design on them or? No, it was just a pair of purple fucking, you know, and that's also the first World Rumble logo, which would change the next year. And that logo would last until 95. And from 96 on, it would change. Oh yeah, here we go. There is one more match. It's up to you, bro. Haku? I mean, we got the Tonga Kid and we got Haku, the Islanders, which for me was a pretty underrated tag team. In my yeah. opinion, in my opinion, they were underrated. They were never champions. Uh, they had a feud with, uh, the British Bulldogs in 88 where they supposedly stole the Bulldog Matilda and supposedly abused it and all this shit. Then at WrestleMania, then at WrestleMania, it was a six man tag match with the Islanders and Bobby Heenan versus Coco Beware and the British Bulldogs. Bobby so, Heenan. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, they were underrated. You know what I mean? And speaking of underrated, these are just two jobbers that they put together <laughs> and made a tag team. Paul Roma is actually lucky enough to be a four horseman, which I don't know why. How that happened? Yeah, exactly. Well, Tully Blanchard was supposed to, the original four horsemen was supposed to get back together back in like 93, 94, something like that. Mm. And right as Tully was going to go back, he failed the drug test or some shit. Uh, so he couldn't go back. So they had to rush. And they made it seem like Tully was coming back. I remember they made it seem like, oh, the four horsemen are reunited. Next thing you know, here comes fucking Paul Roma in a fucking tuxedo. And you're like, wait a minute, the WWF job guy? You know, I mean, nothing against Jim Powers because Jim Powers could go. Jim Powers could have been a star, you know what I mean? But fucking, they didn't want no other dudes that were as big or bigger than Hulk Hogan at the top. As far as muscular, you know what I mean? Because both Jim Powers and Paul Roma, for that matter, they, they could, they could rival them. They could fucking make them, you know, look kind of, you know. I mean, you're looking at early, these are Roman Reigns and the Usos family members right here. Yeah. I mean, Haku is Tama Tonga's and Hikaleo's dad, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know who I'm talking about. Um, That's Rakishi, right? Uh, Rakishi's a member of the family. Jimmy Snuka. Roman Reigns, The Rock, obviously. 
Nia Jax, Jacob Fatu. Fatu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Umaga. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, he, I yeah, trust to, him. Yeah. To me, yeah, like the Tonga kid, he's good, bro. You know what I mean? He just, he just fucking, he never wanted to be a wrestler. He became a wrestler because he kept getting in trouble as a kid. So his family sent him to the fucking, to the wild Samoans off at Seeker. Huh. And they, and they made him become a wrestler. You know, he had a little bit of a run with Jimmy Snooker in the early 80s and shit. And then this was the, towards the end. Matter of fact, after the Islanders broke up and Haku became King Haku in the beginning of 89, Tonga Kid was gone. And Haku went on about a three, three or four year solo career in the WF and then he went to, in the mid-90s, he went to WCW and became Ming. Yeah. You know? Obviously, they couldn't use the name Haku, so they named him Ming. And then in 2001, when he was the WCW Hardcore Champion, he came back to WWF at the Royal Rumble while he was the WCW Hardcore Champion. <laughs> like, he was on Nitro one week, and he was at the Royal Rumble that weekend. So. Yeah. Crazy shit. And I remember Rick Rude is the only guy ever in the history of the wrestling business to ever be on WCW, ECW, and WF all in the same week. <laughs> he was on WF and WCW the same night. <laughs> yeah, he was ravishing. He was on a he was on a, 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 a tape Raw with DX, and then he was on a live Nitro with the NWO. <laughs> And then earlier in the week, he was doing commentary, and it was on ECW. <laughs> Rick Rude was a great gimmick. Oh, Rick Rude was the man. They were one of the greatest heels in the business, but oh, yeah. definitely one of the greatest heels of the eighties. Sure, you know what I'm saying. His career would have lasted a lot longer if not he wouldn't if he wouldn't got injured in Japan wrestling thing in '94. And they said before he died, he was actually playing a ring return because right before he died, he was starting to get more physical in the ring again. He started, he started fucking, you know, he started hitting people with the root awakening again. He started actually doing his old uh, hip, hip swivel taunt. And yeah, he fucking, he was shaping up. Dude. He was, then he wound up just having a heart attack and shit. April 20th, 1999. Fuck. That was actually fucking three weeks before Owen Hart died, too. April 20th, 420? Yeah. From 97 to fucking... I mean, from 97 to today, there's a few wrestlers that keep dying every year. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, damn, dude, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy to see Mark Briscoe go out there and try to be a solo wrestler now. And it's just crazy to see him without his brother, you know what I mean? It's crazy to see No, he's still gonna, he's still gonna be Mark Briscoe. He's still gonna, I don't think he'll ever change that. And I don't think he should because he's, he can do something on his own, but it's just so crazy. You know, cause, for years and years, it was just him and his brother. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's probably got to be hard for him. Sure. You know I mean? Jesus Christ, imagine that. I don't want to, yeah. I fucking don't even know if I can continue. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot. It takes a tough guy. So, when's the next episode? And when we looking at what are we looking at next time? Ah, uh, the next episode will probably be soon. We should close this one out if we're going to be doing that deal. Before we talk about that, you want to finish this one up? It's up to you, bro. Yeah. It's, your, it's your shit. We'll finish it up. This is kind of a gamble because I'm I'm curious to see if YouTube will uh, take this. Well, if you're, I think it should just be an audio version for now. Well, we have just an audio. Well, we have just an audio. I've been throwing videos up on the Patreon. 
Well, yeah, I know that, but you're going to throw this on YouTube. You should probably, I mean, it might be all right, because we're not. Well, no, no, I use, I put all, I upload to YouTube, and then I use Well, well, this is what I'll tell you. If you could flip the screen around, you know what I mean? If you could flip the screen around and upload it like that, you're cool. But I think you should be all right anyway, because we don't have any audio playing. Yeah, we should be cool with the guy. Yeah. You know, and I think we've been basically talking... You know, we haven't, you know, we've been doing the commentary, so I don't think we have any problems, really. I mean, there's a, there's a channel, uh, OVW Review, or whatever the fuck, OSVW Review, where they play basically the whole pay-per-view event. Yeah, it's they, weird how something... Yeah, but. so, I don't think, I don't think this will be a problem either. You know well, what I mean? Well, we're trying and to... If he, and if by some chance you do make an audio version... People, if they want to, they can just watch along as we talk about it. Well, there'll definitely be an audio version for sure. Yeah, so. You know. But, yeah, this has been uh, the 1988 Royal Rumble, fucking January 24th, 1988. Uh, You can find it on Peacock or if you have any of the DVDs. Yeah. Check it out. It's an all right show. I give it about maybe a... But um, B minus, I'll say that B minus. It's an original. It's the very first of a. Of a yeah, a the tag, but I do. I must say that the tag team match with the Glamour Girls versus the Jump Bombing Angels—that's worth a watch because the Jump Bombing Angels, if they were, were around today, they would probably be champions because they were badass. That's right. They, they were doing high flying shit before high flying shit was cool in the WWF. At this time, the only people that did high flying moves were. I believe Macho Man might have been the only one because they, the the Rockers weren't really a thing yet in, 80, in early '88, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the only one that ever really came off the top of back in these days was Macho Man. So yeah, Jump Bomb Angels were pretty damn cool. So go back and check this out for them. Um, I'm pretty sure the next one we're gonna watch is the 1989 one. And like That's I said, cool. as these rumbles get on, you'll see the quality go up. Uh, yeah. When we return, I think we're next episode out. I think we'll be going back to talk about uh, an entity, either a wrestler or manager or somebody. And we're going we're, we're gonna to kind of go back and forth between showcasing wrestlers, managers. Oh, so we're going to be on B, right? So Bobby Heenan. So Bobby Heenan's next. Yeah. Um, all right, I guess this is uh fucking... They used to do this a lot with these shows at the very end to keep people watching. They used to do uh, interviews. Yeah. Live That's interviews. That's what we're doing. That's yeah. what we're doing right now. So, and like, this was, you yeah, know... I mean, I'll never forget when Andre became heel because he he at the time was the most loved wrestler in the world. And I don't know where he just shows up and now he's fucking not talking. He's not smiling. He's not being the nice guy that he's known for. He's just being this fucking stone-faced heel. And Ted DiBiase, who was fucking... I mean, he should have been WWF champion. If... A hockey top man would have agreed to lose the Intercontinental title with Randy Savage at that main event show two weeks from this. Then Ted DiBiase would have been champion at the end of WrestleMania 4. But because Honky Tonk Man refused to lose his title to Macho Man, Macho Man got rolled in to win the title at WrestleMania. It should have been DiBiase. Yeah. Virgil. But because that didn't happen, we probably got, in my opinion, the greatest feud in WWF, and I mean WWF history, Hulk Hogan versus the Macho Man over the, the next year from WrestleMania 4 all the way through WrestleMania 5. Because that, there was a lot of real life feelings into that. So that's what made it good, in my opinion. I appreciate those. You ever see the size of Andre's teeth? Um, no. They look like half dollars. Look at that shit. I believe it. No, he's everything on Andre's is big. You know what I mean? Yeah, I heard, I heard he had cock fingers. We talked about his cock fingers, right? 
Yeah, we just talked about we just talked about Andre in the previous episode. I think that's how gigantic he is that he pours out in multiple yeah. episodes. Look at that face. Yeah. That might be one of the most scariest faces in Russia. Right what his skull look like? Oh, yeah. I have it actually. Don't tell the oh, public. Oh, oh, you do? Well, I think you just did, bro. It's my, my most prized possession. But yeah, I think, like I said, I think the next episode will be the uh, 1989 uh, Royal Rumble from January of 89 in Houston, Texas, I believe. Yes, sir. I think it was the uh, I want to say the Arco wait, no, not the Arco Arena. It's somewhere in Texas. I know that. The Houston Arena or some shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, on that card, you'll see matches. If you want, check it out. You'll see matches like, uh, Harley Race versus Haku, uh, a fucking pose down with Warrior and Rude, uh, of course, the Roll match, um, uh, fucking the Rujos and Dino Bravo versus Hacksaw on the Heart Foundation. Jim Dugan. And there'll be, there's more. So. Check that shit out. Uh, go ahead, Amber. No. I dig. Close it out. Go ahead. Y'all, you got this on the good old audio format, of course. Hopefully, we get the video going. If the video is going, you'll be seeing it on the Patreon service. So. Maybe one day we can talk about the fact that I want to fight Rob Saul. Yeah. Can, this, is a, this is a wrestling show. This is a wrestling show, yeah. I'm not talking about wrestling, though. I actually want to fight the guy. Like, well, we got to do an MMA show. No, 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 no. I, I don't want an MMA fight him. I want a, my fist in his face fight him. Yeah. I want to, uh, yeah. Back down. <laughs> Back down, bro. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we can, we can sell tickets to any type of event that it is. Oh, Yeah. This match is still going on. What the hell? This is the highlights. We're going back in time. Well, we hope you liked this episode. Hope you like it? it? I like it. Did you like it? Yeah, but see, I used to hate that spot right there. It didn't look. That spot always used to look like it never hurt. You know what I mean? Like which one? Falling on the nuts? Yeah, no, falling on it. Like when they, when they do the thing where they jump off the ropes and they jump up in the air and the dude puts his knees up. Yeah, I never liked that. I always thought it was cheesy as fuck. And he lands on the dude's knees. I always that that was like one of the most looked like that one of the most painful deals. Yeah, but not the way if you watch him land. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always heard that Haku had a hardest head too. You know what I mean? I heard a lot of things. About he almost went through his own head in the turnbuckle right there. You saw that? <laughs> he's a gangster. Haku kicks ass. He definitely, he's a scary man. Even today at like 64, bro, I wouldn't fuck with him. Yeah, I got nothing but respect. You better, he'll fuck you up. We want him on the show. We're good. He's a good guy. I think I'm his Facebook friend. Shout out to my beautiful, sexy, gorgeous girlfriend, Jasmine. What up, Jasmine? Miss you, babe. Hope you're having a good day. Oh, that's one thing about fucking Jim Powers, dude. He can do a badass suplex. Yeah. Hell yeah. Upper body strength. Well, it takes a lot. It takes two people to do a suplex. I don't think one man could actually attempt to suplex a guy, with, you know what I mean, in real yeah. life. I don't think that can happen. Um, I'm trying to balance himself. Oh, and if you play PS4, hit me up at up, up, down, down, 420. Come get that ass whooping. Yeah. All WWE games. Damn, the new one. The new one comes out March 14th. I wanted to get it, but I'm fucking broke. Yesterday I got paid. I'm broke already. Ain't that a bitch? That's March 14th is coming pretty quick. I know. I probably, I'm even, my birthday is next month, April 4th. What, what? Ooh, Fucking Marshall. 39. 39, but I, I like to say I'm going to be 38 again. I'm going to start going backwards now. Going backwards? Like, this year I'm going to be 38. Next year I'm going to be 37. Let me you know, know how that works. 
year after that. I'm going to go all the way back till I get to at least 25. Then I'll start coming up again. Mm-hmm. 25 is a good year to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go no lower than that. You know, you know Keep your knowledge. Jasmine tried talking to me about the other day that she was getting old. I said, shut the fuck up, you 27-year-old bitch. What are you talking That's about? That's why you want to be going back and be young. Nah, I don't want that. Nah, I'm good, bro. Dude. Right. We'll, we'll continue forward with our regular yeah. angel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, are they just playing the show again? Or like, We might be on like a weird skip or something like that. Cause I've seen two, two wins already. Them win twice. Well, with that being said, we hope you all enjoyed this episode. Oh, we're scratching the DVD. I got you. So I all right. scratching the DVD. Uh, we got you. But uh, there ain't no scratching the show. So here we go. And we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Wrestle Champs. Real quick. Yeah. There will be an interview coming out soon. Hell yeah. Right? We're doing that, right? We're doing that interview. That's what the world the world wants to hear. Yeah. Owen got a, lot, got, a lot, got a lot of shit to say. Owen's rebuttal is coming. You'll hear us again on the next episode of Wrestle Champs. Wrestle Champs.